It takes overtime against the 3-30 and 30 Detroit Pistons, but it yields to some great excitement and the most points ever scored in a Utah Jazz game and the most points ever scored by the Utah Jazz. An overtime win, 154-148 over the Detroit Pistons. We're talking about it next on Postcast. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we don't get David Locke along with Ron Boone. We're probably exhausted at this point. Overtime, 154-148 win by the Utah Jazz. Thanks very much for tuning into Postcast as the Jazz... Trailed by seven after one, trailed by two at the half, did not take their first lead until the opening play of the third quarter. Never led by more than four in regulation until bursting out to a seven-point lead in the overtime. It took a Lowry market or Boyan Bach in the crazy stretch of this game to close it. In regulation, Walker Kessler blocks a three back to Boyan Bogdanovich, who shoots a three to tie it with 15 seconds left. Jazz call timeout. Will Hardy diagrams a beautiful backcourt out of the timeout. Usually most teams move to the front court. He spreads the floor, takes it out of the backcourt, length the court, gets Lowry a three, probably takes it too early with five seconds left in the quarter while tied in overtime. Hits it. Alec Burks brings it up the front court and hits a three. Honestly, you should have fouled. He's dribbling the ball up. I promise you Will says the same thing. And the Jazz forces overtime. So you've got Bogdanovich. You've got Alec Burks. Two guys Jazz fans love just breaking your heart. And the Jazz end up pulling it off. Thank you, Megan. And the Jazz end up pulling it off in overtime tonight. Just kind of wackiness and wild stuff um, all the way around, Ron. And then in overtime, the Jazz were just the better team finally. They did not defend all night long. Crazy numbers of how bad the defense was uh, on both sides uh, or how great the offense was, depending on your perspective. I think that's a great way of putting how great the offense was tonight because neither team could stop the other um and just look at the field goal percentage the number of three-point shots that were taken and made and and then the the classic the big three-point shots that are uh, just keeps the crowd on their feet just turned out to be a, a great basketball game a fun basketball game probably for the fans to watch as far as the offense is concerned final numbers tonight the jazz offensive the league offensive rating average is 116 the Jazz came in with a 113 offensive rating, and the Pistons came in with a 108. Okay, so 113 and 108 were the two numbers coming in. Jazz finished with a 141. Pistons finished with a 135. Pistons had a 148 going into the fourth quarter tonight. I mean, they're just, again, you choose whichever way you want to phrase it. No defense or lots of great offense tonight, uh, the story tonight. But I would have to say, on two teams that rank 24th and 29th in the league offensively, I might have to go with no defense yeah. tonight. And it just—I also thought that the preparation of being prepared by the by the Pistons, as far as the Jazz zone is concerned, really was was very very good. They um, they got a number of, of very good looks, um, and then but it still takes guys the ability to make the shots in order to, um, uh, in order to score. But I thought they were, they, their preparation was pretty good on attacking the Zaz's zone. All right. We got to take a second and give true Pistons. First of all, tip of the hat of the Pistons are three and 30. They played hard. Keep like, playing right. Hard. Like they yeah. keep playing hard. Monty Williams said that pregame that actually turned out to be true. Um, so give, give them great credit on that. Can we take a moment for our guys? 
Boyan Bogdanovich tonight. We're not going to give them stars, Lacey. Sorry, they don't get stars. But Boyan Bogdanovich tonight, 36 points, eight three-pointers. And Alec Burks played. Alec Burks has got to be exhausted. He checked in with about six minutes into the third quarter and has never checked out of the ball game. He finished tonight. All points, I believe, in the second half with 26. They were both great. It was so fun to see. And particularly Alec, who's just turned into just the consummate pro I hope he gets traded to a team that's good and he gets a playoff run in him because he really has just become, he was kind of this footloose and fancy free kid when we got him and a little bit reckless going to the basket and Bowler loved to call him Houdini and all the rest of it. And now he's just a bona fide pro that's out there playing the game right. And Bogdanovich has always been that way. And you know what's so great about it, uh, Alec Burke? Does, has he ever been like a, just a star, uh, a, a guy that's going to play 36 36- 35 minutes of ball game and anything like that. He's been a survivor in the NBA, and now he's in his, what, 13th year? Just, uh, just And you're absolutely right, a constant pro. All right. Jazz have won some games recently where Lowry wasn't massive. When he won some games where other guys did something, our vets came through tonight. Lowry marketing was terrific. He finished with 30, and Jordan Clarkson's fourth quarter was something else with 36. I'm not – uh, marketing ended up with 31, and – um, Clarkson ended up with 26, 25, 36 rather than 25 for Jordan Clarkson. These are not finals here. Oh, I mean, I'm they sorry. Didn't, they didn't give me the final. We, we did not get a final box tonight. Right. right. Okay. Uh, what about second half? It felt like Jordan uh, and Lowry really carried the way in the second half yeah. uh, tonight for the Jazz. Jo- Jordan Clarkson had 15 points going into the third quarter. Uh, going well, into the fourth quarter, right? Well, that, is, that'll, is, that'll do it then. Yeah, he ended up with 36, uh, 22 points for uh, marketing going into the going into the fourth quarter there as well. So, so nine for Lowry in the fourth quarter in overtime, and twenty one for Jordan Clarkson, including a big three at the top. The Jazz also shared with us before the game they were targeting Cade Cunningham and Boyan Bogdanovich, and they 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 engaged Cade Cunningham and Boyan Bogdanovich on almost every possession. Yeah, and, and what happened? Both of those guys ended up with five fouls, or one of them one foul out. Bogey fouled out. Yeah, bogey fouls out. So just by attacking those guys, it didn't take away their offense, though. They continued to uh, to play hard and, and score points. One of the guys that just continues to play really, really well for the Jazz, and I thought may have had the most important three-game, se- three-play sequence of the night. Jazz were kind of just mm-hmm. funneling around. They weren't defending. They weren't getting stops. And all of a sudden, Simone Fontecchio just made three or four really brilliant plays in a row, ignited the building and got the Jazz on their way back to the comeback. Yeah, they took the lead on that, only to lose it, you know, in a couple of plays after that. But, you know, yeah, those three plays absolutely ignited the crowd. Uh, and, you know, he didn't – what did he end up – he only ended up playing 16 minutes tonight. I mean, this no. – no, he ended up playing 34 minutes. I'm sorry. But uh, he did ignite the crowd. The, the one thing that I think is worth talking about tonight, and hopefully a lesson learned – and Evan Brads talked to us about this at halftime. It was very clear. Will Hardy talked to them about it two minutes in the game. The Jazz did not come out with any urgency and any juice tonight. And the lesson on that one is you don't start with that. It's really hard to gain it. They never really regained control of this basketball game for the entire night. 53 minutes. The Jazz were never in control of this game. And it stems back to uh, ill-advised approach to the first four minutes of the game. They've gotten better, but it's awfully difficult for this team to play uphill from behind um it just it's just tough out I, I like the jazz where they're in the basketball game or leading 
Uh, trying to come from behind to win the game sometimes is very tough. Only the third game all year that they've won leading going into the trailing going into the fourth quarter. Only the fourth game oh, okay. that they've won trailing at halftime. Uh, they are four and twenty, four and eighteen now trailing at the half, and four, three and eighteen trailing going into the fourth quarter. So you're absolutely right. This is not a team that plays uphill very very well. And I think what's interesting about tonight is their just inability to regain control against the team they should be superior to at 16 and 19 compared to 3 and 31, but they just never, credit to Bogey, credit to Cunningham, credit to AB, the Jazz just never were able to regain control of this game, and they had to fight. So maybe, you know, if you take Will Hardy's perspective, maybe you're going to say this was awfully impressive in the sense that you never did regain control of the game. You were playing uphill the entire way, and at the end you were able to persevere. You learn from things like this. I mean, you learn, um, and uh, coaches have plays that like to run at crucial times. Uh, so many so many minutes on the clock, so many seconds on the clock. They have plays that are that they want to use in certain situations. They get a chance to use them in games like this. Uh, and, but it takes good execution in order to make it work. I thought the Jazz did a pretty good job of that there as well. A um, few people are asking, like, I don't usually try to coach in these circumstances. Hundred percent, Jazz should have fouled at the end yes, of regulation. It's not doubt, a debate. Like, I don't think there's that, no circumstance where yeah, that's the yeah, other. If, right. if someone's dribbling the ball up the court, four point something seconds, seconds on the clock. and you're up three, you have to foul. Now, if it's mm-hmm. they're in, out of a timeout, they're inbounding in the half court. That gets a little murky. It's not as clear cut as people want to say. But if someone's dribbling the ball up the front court. In that mm-hmm. circumstance, you have to foul. The yeah. Jazz missed that one. That's actually something I don't even think the coach should have to tell the players that, frankly. Um, I just think players should know that at this point of their careers, but I guess not. But you got to go for the ball. You got. I mean, you just can't foul. No, you can just foul because in the final two minutes, you can't get called oh, for a transition, right. take right. foul, yeah. or anything else. Yeah. So you actually can tackle them. Yeah. Well, okay, that would be a little bit of a stretch. Uh, Ron, I feel like there's a lot of things that happened tonight, and I feel like we got to make sure we touch on them. I guess the other one I would touch on is, Let's go back to Walker for a second. We don't have the final number on it, but plus 16, I think, was the final number on Walker Kessler. He is really impact. He, you know, there people are like people are dunking on him. Fine. Like I like he said to our postgame, like I got dunked. I don't care you got dunked on twice. You blocked six shots and you altered about 12 others. Like, good, go get dunked on twice. It means you were there twice. You're gonna get dunked on. Shot blockers are gonna get dunked on, and players enjoy that because I got him, you know, that that type of thing. But uh for the most part, Kessler wins because he blocked six of those. The funny one tonight is the Pistons came in as taking the second most layups in the league and the third or fourth most shots at the rim in the league. And the Jazz really decided they wanted to take away the rim and not and, and kind of the Pistons take the fewest threes in the league. The Pistons had, took 41 threes tonight. They busted out of their character, and they hit 19 of 41. The One of the reasons why the Pistons are not winning games is they're short on math every single night. And they don't take enough threes. Well, tonight, Bogey took 15. So they, and Alec Burks took nine. So they ended up taking 41 threes. That was not what the Jazz were expecting um, in any way, shape, or form to of how this game was supposed to play out tonight. To go along with their 62 points in the paint. Now the Jazz had 68 points in the paint yep. there as well. But you you put together 68, 62 points in the paint and then the number of, of 39 three-point shots and they shoot 46% from the field. Yeah, you should be in the basketball game. And on the level of, by the way, playing great offense versus bad defense, the Jazz went 16 of 32 from three, not as many threes as they would like to take. Um, actually, Detroit's great about it. We didn't talk about it. They're the second-best team in the league at denying threes. 
in the league, and they didn't didn't allow a lot of threes tonight. But the Jazz did hit 50. The two teams combined tonight for 35 of 73 from three. 35 of 73 from three. Tyson Ewing drops this note. The final eight minutes of the game, the Pistons shot just four of 17. They were 59% fi- uh, prior to that, so they finally fell apart shooting. But this was, whether this was an offensive or defensive game, the shooting was unbelievable on both teams. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure guys uh, enjoyed, always enjoyed having good nights, you know, but. All right. Most uh, points ever scored in a Jazz game. Most points ever scored by the Jazz. And your stars tonight, Ron Boone, Jordan Clarkson, I'm certain is one of them. Yeah. You got to go with Laurie. You know, he made Lowry and Lowry and Jordan, the the, the big dogs got the job done tonight. I know I went with Kessler the other night, but Kessler's impact again tonight really made it made a big difference. But Lowry just he just gets it done. Lowry and Jordan, nothing too surprising there. Uh, Jazz win it tonight in overtime, 154-148. We go from the outhouse to the penthouse. From the Detroit Pistons to the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think this team at the, the Philadelphia 76ers, like the Jazz, have only lost one game in the last nine uh, at home. The Jazz were tied with Philadelphia, I think. Jazz Whether, keep yeah. winning at home. I believe that's our eighth of our last nine right. at home. Jazz right. win it tonight. I'm half of Ron Boone. I'm David Locke. Thank you for tuning in tonight to Postcast. We will now send you over to the first ever 24-7 national sports stream on YouTube. It's Locked On Sports today.